We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. Uh, Dr. Carlson, welcome back to the Fangs and Fur Podcast. It's been, uh, you were one of our first episodes, so I think it was almost over two years ago now. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I was talking about Mozzie and how he was about to be ten, and he's going to be twelve now. So the math it, checks out. It's funny. It's funny how we relate all that to to the age of a pet or a child oh, or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Mozzie too, I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's also amazing that, uh, I mean, how well you've done over with the podcast. So, yeah, the podcast, really especially recently, has been really picking up. Yeah. So, lots of listeners from, I mean, a lot of our customer base listens to this podcast, which is really great because that's our, our whole goal with the podcast was just to educate, was yeah. never to do anything more than that. Just, hey, um, if people are on spotify or itunes they can look up raw feeding for pets or holistic uh um, care for pets and they would find our podcast and maybe learn a thing or two so um, awesome yeah now we're getting listeners from all over at least all over the united states some international i think china that's great germany um yeah so yeah it's fun we like it i like it Keep up the good work, man. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, you too. I don't know if we'd be here if it wasn't for a lifetime for you guys. Because, you know, it's, well, I could preach about feeding raw food or at least feeding fresh food all day. But, you know, when you hear it from a veterinarian, it's it's a lot different, you know? Yeah. And we Well, whenever I tell clients about it, I tell them your uh, motto. Which one? I just feel like you give a damn. Feel like you give a damn. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little there brash. Okay, I got yeah. I have to go see this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that motto. We've thought about changing it though. Some people are. I don't want to say it's offensive, but maybe, oh. it's, maybe it's a little too brash. I don't. I don't know. I kind of like. It. I. I think that's why I like it though. I mean, yeah. you know, our whole thing get, is gets your attention. It gets your attention. Yeah, and we always tell people, like, listen, we don't. We don't shame anyone. We're not. If you're feeding prescription food, I'm not shaming you. I disagree with it, but I, you know, I don't shame anyone. Uh, my whole thing is, you know, let's just try to get as much fresh food in that bowl as possible. You know, and it, and if okay. you can't, you know, and cost is a big thing for a lot of people. I mean, feeding a whole, um, you know, raw diet can be very can be not very expensive, but it can be more expensive. So we always say just do, you know, little as a quarter can make a huge difference. So Yeah. But um Well and you the the other point is if you, you feed these whole foods that your your cost is going there, but it's you might have less at the veterinarian. <laughs> you know? I mean the thought was in my not, head, but I wasn't not, gonna not say that it. that's you know <laughs> Yeah. For my profession, I don't But that's what you see. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, and then it's, it's a, but, you know, it's a good, it's a better relationship, you know, with, with the dog or the, the pet and the, the, the owner and the veterinarian, everyone's happy, everyone's doing well, you know, um, yeah, there's gonna be some minor things, things happen all the time that they have to go in and see the vet for, you know, so, um, 
but it's it's better when it's the the pets thriving and they're healthy and they're you know can heal faster and all these things so oh, absolutely um, yeah but we still get a lot of pushback we get a lot of pushback from um some local vets who know me by name i don't know them i've never been to their practices before but yeah um they've they've cornered some of my uh customers before really yeah like uh have gone off for like 25 30 minutes about us and how terrible we are um <laughs> for promoting real you, you are a terrible person I, we're, we're, we're terrible I, I people and we're promoting a terrible th- we're promoting feeding <laughs> real food uh to your pets because you know i i was actually talking to um do you know who dr billinghurst is yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we did uh um well, it's kind of a, we turned it into a podcast. It was give like you, a kind of Give interview. your dog a bone. Give your dog a bone. Yeah. One of his, um, he's, he's, he's really funny. He doesn't like to talk about, he's, he's like, I wrote that book so I don't have to talk about it. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, he, he's very interesting to talk to when I was talking to him about this. Cause there's, you know, we've, we've come across this a few times now with some vets get, get real, really fired up about us, but, um. It's always good to know that there's some uh, a growing number of veterinarians. We actually have a veterinarian from Ohio State now. Um, I don't want to give their name, but she's a vet down there, and and she's she doesn't she has to be very careful about promoting fresh food to her her clients. Yeah. She says, but um, supporting the cause. To. She wants to. I asked her. I said, "What?" Yeah. I said, "What got you?" And this leads to my next question with you. But like, I asked her, "What um, what got you into like feeding raw food?" She's like, well, she just turned and looked at me. She's like, well, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I'm like, well, yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, With a yeah, lot of absolutely. And it doesn't ring a bell. The, um, I mean, you wouldn't want to eat a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese every day for your life, would you? No. No. I mean, and, it, but, and a lot of people uh, will see, when they start feeding their dogs uh, like more fresh food, they start seeing like this, there's more vitality, there's more energy, there's... Uh, better digestion, better stools. Uh, their their bad breath goes away. Ear infections, disease. All these things happen, yeah. and then they kind of realize, oh wow, this food can have this much of an impact on my dog. And then they start making changes in their own diet, which is really neat to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think probably the biggest reason why I get people to switch is skin, skin yeah. issues, skin issues, skin issues. Yeah, because you know, especially and that, and that still takes a while to. You're not going to see that result immediately. Yeah, because that's you, you've got to work internally first mm-hmm. to fix what what's going on with the detoxification yep. processes inside before you're going to see it necessarily oh, yeah. on the outside. Yep. So I just tell people, don't go on it. And you go on it and don't yeah. give up. Right. Give it time. Give it time. It's so hard for people and you will in our see. society to give it time though. There's there's drugs oh, out there. So true. You know, there's there's drugs that work pretty instantly, you know. And so um now they're just masking a problem, but you know, I think they say it takes about a was it takes about a month for every year they've had an issue, like holistically speaking. That's like a ballpark figure, you know. But right. Um there's something else I was gonna another point I was gonna make about that and I completely left my left my head. But um yeah, feeding real food. <laughs> I completely lost my, I, well, lost my, my thought and, there. and one thing that we talked about last time was the were the studies that came out for yeah. f- in favor of raw food. Yeah, uh, um, Dr. Anna Helsinki, Hoffman's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, you know, I, I don't know. We, 
I, I, I feel like a lot, and I was talking to Dr. Billinghurst about this too, is like I never thought promoting fresh food would be so controversial. Um, and, you know, here we are. But there's, if you want the studies, you know, a lot of raw feeders don't need the studies because they see it anecdotally every day in their, in their mm -hmm. pets, right? And then you can kind of see I, it. I think they had an anecdotal study for with, what, 600 people? It was it was it was an anecdotal study oh, yeah, where they, they did, surveyed, um, surveyed they them surveys. and they saw mm -hmm. yeah, they, and they all had great results. Yeah, yeah, or so favorable, maybe not great. Yeah, for the whole bunch, but yeah, they it, did that, it, and then they did uh, they're measuring homeocysteine levels in in dogs as well. Um, so the, obviously something you don't want in your in your system, but um, yeah, and they're the ones I determined just doing a quarter of the diet raw food can have a huge impact, and they're studying dogs that were on raw food and continued on raw food and dogs that were on raw food and transitioned to kibble and then kibble to raw and kibble to kibble. So they kind of, I, I forget how many months, it's been a while since I looked at that study, but it was a long, a long duration where they studied those dogs um, during that transition in mm -hmm. um, all four groups. And yeah, determined that obviously the, the raw that stayed on raw, the dogs that were eating raw full time um, had the least amount of homeocysteine and the dogs that were kibbled at you know kibble, but then the cool thing had the most. But the cool thing was that dogs that went from kibble to raw had a huge decrease right. in it, which was yeah. the cool thing. So it's never too late, know, right? you know, to transition. But anyways, it's, back it's, to like the anecdotal stuff is it's also too like when I see a lot of um, dogs that are fed poor diets or, or like processed diets, I I don't know if you notice. You probably notice this because you're hands on, right? And like you just like there's this greasiness to them. Um, I noticed this when I go to some of my friend's yeah, house yeah. and their mm -hmm. dogs, yeah. like my hands, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go wash my hands now because the dog, like there's like this film. Um, they're usually pretty bloated. Uh, they're usually overweight. Um, they have that, they, you know, kind of yeastiness to them. There's their teeth and their breath are not in a good place. Um, obviously stemming from some gut issues. But yeah, it's just a really inflammatory diet. So, Well, it's a general inflammation so you yeah. got inflammation in the gut you'll have which then will lead to making the liver angry yep you know because the, the liver filters everything that comes in from the gut mm -hmm. and then you, you've got the other aspect where uh the oils you know they may put good oils in when it's made but yeah. by the time you get it and open the uh, open up the bag and put it in the in the container all those oils are rancid now yeah you know, Especially the, those fragile omega three fatty acids. That everyone's so you know the so sought after those the EPA yeah. and the DHA. Those aren't going to last long. Yeah, people there. don't realize how fragile those are. Right. Yeah. And that's why I I always laugh when I see a can of tuna, and mm -hmm. it talks about how many omega threes are in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The canning. Uh, you know what's um, interesting is they um, greenlit mussels back in like the eighties. They did some studies on greenlit mussels. Cause they thought, okay, there's some really cool stuff here. They, you know, fresh green lip muscle have omega threes and, and chondroitin and glucose. I mean, all these things for joint health is right in these things. Um, but the studies that they were doing, they're using canned green lip muscle. So it was like from New Zealand, but being canned and then transported, you know, to the United States or wherever. But now they were, and they didn't, weren't seeing that much of a result, like positive results with that. Oh. And then they revisited the study you know, years later using, I, don't, I can't remember if it was fresh or freeze-dried. I think it was freeze-dried, green lip muscle, and started to, started to see the really positive results just because of the, 
the preservation of those. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the top three supplements as far as uh, being researched with, with uh, arthritis. Yeah. You know, green, green muscles. Yeah. They had like, that, a, there's like that. a group of Polynesian people on the coast that don't have, or th- their population has a very low amount of, of arthritis, like extremely low compared to other, other people. And, um, they found out that they're just sustainably harvesting greenlit muscle, and it's like the staple of their diet. Like scientists would really? know, like, yeah, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, well, I mean, not much, but you know, wow, we eat real. I got to hang around you more muscle. often. <laughs> well, it's just interesting that they, um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that is a very well, popular supplement in the shop too. You know, um, yeah, and it's in a lot of it's in a lot of different supplements too for canines. And I've yeah. seen some human supplements come out now that with the cold pressed oils. Greenlit muscle oils. Yeah, there's some debate about. Um, I don't know anything about them, but well, the it's cold, interesting. The cold press, they still use um, a fair amount of heat. The molecular distillation is still the best process. They still use some heat, but it's a less amount and at a lower temperature. Um, so if you can find a fish oil that's like molecularly distilled, mm-hmm. that's the best, the best route. Um, I was talking to uh, Julie and Lee about this. They had uh, um, some people had seal oil apparently is like uh, just got, I don't know if there's a study done. I think Dr. Karen Becker, Ryan Habib did a, a, a th- uh, did the inside scoop and they were talking about how like seal oil is actually the best omega-3 for dogs. Are you saying seal or seal? seal. Yeah, seal. Like, like the animal. The like, animal. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah. You can see how that can be kind of problematic as they're, you know, we already have seal population issues dwindling and, and um, now you have like, you know, I don't know how many people listen to that, millions of people, you know, and, you know, so there's, now there's probably a stronger demand for seal oil, you know, and that's an ugly process from start to finish. Yeah. But there's some really cool, um, like Adore Beast has a uh, an algae-based omega-3. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a higher amount of DHA and EPA. That's than, a newer product, right? It's a newer just, product. Just came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, potency omega three, but it has a higher ma- amount of EPA and DHA than, than fish oil does. So nice. Um, I've had a few clients come in with it. Yeah, and it and a muscle test as well. Okay. So, but yeah. not not long enough to see long term results. But I'm yeah. sure it's a good product because they they put a lot yeah. of thought into their products. They do, and you know you also don't get all the heavy metals that you would with the fish oils too, which is another benefit. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're they're higher on the food chain. Up, yeah, up higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I'm talking about with the just the algae based fish oil. You don't get, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the metals. You know, that's do. the big issue with the bigger fish because they're so low on the on the food chain that they bioaccumulate. Yeah, they accumulate the mercury. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's real food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest-quality human-grade meats, foster relationships with small generational family farms and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. 
Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news. And find local retailers and shop online at girlsgonerawpet.com. Um, so we were kind of talking about this. We were talking about um, fresh food for our pets. And we were talking about, we, we talked about this on the last, the last podcast, but what I always like to reiterate when you when you're on the show, like you know, okay, you you're promoting real food, right? You promote. I think you you did a hierarchy last time of like your, you know, the the foods that you recommend. Um, but could you just kind of like talk about that and kind of like why you have these why why kind of raw food or fresh food is at the top? Fresh food's at the top just because you have you know less inflammation with that when they eat it. And you've got more natural vitamins, more active enzymes. Um, gosh, if it's a fermented one, you get more, you know, uh, good bacteria for the more gut. probiotics, yeah. Um, there's just so many different things, which I think we've we've touched on it, but it's going to keep the gut healthier. It's going to keep the liver happy. Mm-hmm. Th- those, to me, are the biggest, some of the biggest things, because as long as the, if the liver's happy, then it can detoxify your other processes better. Yeah. Um, oh, this reminds me of what I wanted to say earlier, but so, yeah, yeah. So I like the hierarchy is, is always going to be raw food first mm-hmm. and I, and that can be the, you know, the frozen can be homemade, yeah. can be freeze dried. Yep. And then, uh, as long as you rehydrate it, um, and then homemade food comes below that. That's a big thing. Like, I always remind people if you're going to do the freeze dry to rehydrate it because it's really yeah. dehydrating. Yeah. I mean, I use it for treats like training treats and stuff, right? But my dogs are eating raw food. So they're getting a lot of moisture already in their diet. But there's some companies that are even coating kibble with raw food or mixing, uh, or sorry, coating kibble with freeze dried. Yeah. Or they're adding freeze dried like nibbles into the kibble. Um, so I'm always trying to get people to add more moisture into it. You know? yeah. Like that's got to be so dehydrated. I can't imagine yeah. how, like if eating that, like if you try to eat it, like, oh my gosh, you have like, yeah. it'd be like that saltine challenge where you can't eat more than like 12 saltines in under a minute. <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening with our dogs. Like they're just like, challenge. yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, oh, I forgot where I was going to go with that. <clears throat> um, We're talking about the hierarchy. Oh, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the with the freeze-dried Someone had even touted that as being a, uh, that you could use it for diarrhea. Oh, like um, it would like, um, so it'd help I guess, dry uh, things up. Dry things up. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never really recommended it for that, but no. Um, but so, uh, so after that, you know, the homemade food comes next. And that, and I still like that because you should still get some good, you have control over the ingredients. You yeah. should have some good vitamins and, Sure. nutrients still in there um the uh, and uh, i like the moisture content too you know if yeah. if you're making it should have some good moisture to it then canned food comes below that mm-hmm. and that's still you know canning process like we just talked about is going to still destroy a lot of nutrients yeah but yeah it's not perfect the, but the moisture content's better yeah exactly. for digestion yeah and then dries at the bottom mm-hmm. and if you do dry i don't almost always recommend adding at least a little bit of water to yeah. and let it soak in before they eat it. Yeah. Um, add, and I usually recommend some kind of fatty acids. So I usually recommend enzymes and probiotics. Yeah. 
um, I think in that in the Anna Bjorkman study, they determined that doing uh, they and I'm not saying this because I own bangs and fur, but they they are saying that out of all the dogs that their longevity, the dogs that lived the longest were the ones that were on a commercially prepared raw food with added omega threes. Mm. Yeah. And then she also had the study as far as the omega threes and cancer that if you uh, dogs that are on omega threes had a had a decreased chance of getting cancer, and it was more the the earlier the dogs are put on it in life, the better that decrease was over yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah, always finding a healthy dose of omega threes, you yeah. know, is 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 important. We have a lot of customers that do a really good job of that too, whether it's just adding like um, sardines into the food or, um, you know, just yeah. lower end of the food chain kind of fish that, like you were talking about, um, or the potency omega three, different things like that. So, well, and that DHA side is is brain food, yeah, basically. So, and then uh, not that I'm a big fan of Purina, but yeah, they did a study. Gosh, when was it? Probably like. 15, 20 years ago, maybe older than that. I don't know. They yeah, did a study uh, on the DHA. Yeah, because they even talk about, even in the uh, small animal clinical textbook, they talk about the importance of DHA, especially yeah. for cognitive health, uh, development, uh, brain development in young yeah. in pups and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Their, their studies showed that, it, that, uh, that the puppies that were on the DHA came out smarter. Yeah. With the tests that they were doing, well, they've training. They, they've done this, and and you see this in the human realm too. Just with like, uh, like I've seen this with like milk for kids at the grocery store. They, I don't know, they put more DHA in it. Mm. Yeah, they've done human studies on on kids with DHA supplementation. So, um, yeah, EPA and DHA always kind of like the main focus for the omega threes for dogs. You know what? You made a point earlier though about uh, detox and patients with people who are transitioning to raw food and seeing, um, kind of waiting to see results. But, you know, we have, we see a lot of yeast issues. I don't know if you see, you probably see a fair mm -hmm. amount. Um, and so usually you have a dog that's on processed food and has all these yeast issues, probably has gone through a few rounds of antibiotics. Um, but yeast is one of those things where it's, um, I always say it's got a rain to have a rainbow. Like it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get worse right because like the die off of yeast and the toxins that it produces i mean everything and it's tough um you, you don't want to see the the pet struggle but um it, it it kind of um it's almost a good sign when you're starting to see that stuff because you know the body's kind of starting to heal and starting yeah. to push some of that stuff up, push push that stuff out when well, yeah. julianne talked about the hersheimer's reaction yes yeah, yeah. so very very yeah and if, anyway. if you're and if your your liver's not ready for that or your gut's not ready for that, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. have issues. Yeah. Um yeah, leaky gut, we've we've talked about before. She talks about it all the time, but um another something else that's just we see in a lot of dogs. I don't know. I a lot of times because I'm not a veterinarian, but like I see I hear about these issues that the pet's having and I'm like, man, it just sounds like it's it's all kind of stemming from the gut, you know. And Oh yeah. You look at what the food they're eating. I'm like, there's no, there's no way this dog doesn't have some form, to some degree, on some scale of of leaky gut, right? Because yeah. it's got to be inflamed. Absolutely. You know? Right. Absolutely. And that, and that's, and it's funny. It took so long to realize that for a lot oh, of people. Oh yeah. 
That or, is the gut. I mean, it's b- this big, long tube mm-hmm. that houses hundreds and hundreds of strains of bacteria or yeast, yeah. and, and some of them are not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that you're absorbing whatever those things are creating. Right. And where does that go? Then it goes to the liver or mm-hmm. uh, overwhelms the liver again, and then yeah. goes effects yeah. has effects on the, uh, on the rest of the body. So, And it's, the, the it's liver, amazing. too, I mean... I don't know. I feel like our, if you read the, the, the forever dog, they kind of talk about how their pets are like, um, kind of the, the canary in the coal mine for us, for like the owner. Um, cause everything's on a smaller scale. They're more, um, sensitive to different toxins and things in the environment. And so like a lot of times you'll see things like issues with your dog that later on will show up in your own health, which is kind of scary. That is scary. Yeah, they've actually, there's like studies done on this. Um, but I have a couple points with that. Well, <clears throat> back to back to the yeast and, and the yeast die-off. Yeah. So in, in, um, in nutrition response testing, we find that a lot of times you, so you, we find yeast on that, on the muscle test. Yeah. You do something to get rid of the yeast mm-hmm. and heavy metals will pop up. Because yeast is considered one of Mother Nature's natural chelators of heavy metals. Oh. So I don't okay. know whether it's which is the chicken and which is the egg. You know, do we have heavy metal toxicity and then the yeast comes in? I mean, uh, certainly if you're feeding the poor diet, you're going to propagate more yeast too. But, right. but once you start killing off the yeast, you can see a lot of mercury pop up, maybe aluminum. So... That's just a, a kind of a side point. It like accumulate so, the yeast you're seeing is attracting heavy metals or yeah okay yeah I didn't I didn't know that yeah supposedly they they absorb it. So what do you so, do? So do you attack the yeast first? Yeah, and then okay, because it's not gonna it, it won't happen in every single case. Yeah, but but it's not it, it happened to me happened yeah. to me so yeah I had I had yeast and we went on a, a product for that. And then mercury popped up. Wow. Probably from my, my amalgams, my, yeah. my fillings. Oh, okay. Yeah. They still put mercury so, in those things? The old ones. The old ones? <laughs> I still, I still have tiny. one. I still have one or uh, yeah. one, one section I got to get. Them. Uh, okay, got to get rid yeah. yeah. But um, you know, those things are harmless. What? Mercury fillings. Come on. They don't. Are they? They don't, they don't cause health issues, do they? <laughs> I mean, it's, if that's what they say, I probably don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad would tell me a story of him playing, like when they were kids, they'd play with mercury. Yeah. I heard a story. It's wild stuff. Uh, there's, uh, there's a guy, he wrote, wow, is this book called uh, Coyote, Coyote America. Um, he's an environmental biologist, talks about coyotes and how they've evolved here in the United States, but really good book but anyways um he talked about how like when he was a kid he would they would ride behind these trucks of deet they would like spray the neighborhoods and the kids would all get on their bikes and they would ride in like the cloud of because they said it was safe the government said oh and this is 100 percent safe and effective right and so they would <laughs> they would they would follow the trucks yeah of deet yeah because they're just spraying the neighborhoods for you know bugs and uh, yeah. well, you know, glyphosate's the same way. It's it's safe. Yeah, glyphosate safe. Roundup. Yeah, roundup. Yeah, no problems my, there. My buddy, 
a buddy of mine from high school told me a story. So his dad was in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And when Roundup first came out, mm-hmm. he was going around to the different groups and, and doing little seminars on it, you know, educational seminars so they can get people to start using it. And he would actually drink a cup of Roundup. Oh, man. And he's still kicking it. I know. No, he's not. Well, number one, I mean, that was probably 30 years ago. But, okay. But no, he, I don't think that man did well. No, gosh. I can only imagine, it was, especially for gut health. You like know, it wasn't, wasn't, that, wasn't an antibiotic or can it be used as yeah, an antibiotic? Yeah, it was, I was just going to say that it was initially, well, one of the, one of the uses was thought of as an antibiotic, but yeah. what it did was it, it preferentially wiped out the good bacteria in your gut. Yeah. And, and allowed the bad bacteria to, to thrive. Because it destroys so. like the pathway in which, in which that bacteria receives nutrients, right? It's kind of what it... I'm not sure. I, that's what it with does with science, plants. But, yeah. uh, so that's why they spray it on like genetically modified crop is because it's genetically modified to be resistant to glyphosate, right? Yeah. But like the other plants and weeds or what we consider weeds around that crop... Um, doesn't it's not genetically modified and so what it does is it closes like the i can't remember the pathway what it's called that it that plant receives nutrients but it shuts that down so it just starves out the plant yeah and it's it's everywhere it's everywhere it's everywhere yeah i know i i get uh yeah even if your neighbors are spraying it you know it's coming in your yard yeah my dad my, my dad's older and he's like you know why don't you you have all these dandelions out there you know, there's a really, you just spray those, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I just mow the grass and they're gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm not spraying that crap on my yard. Yeah. I got kids and dogs and chickens. I'm not trying to contaminate a whole, yeah, ecosystem, you know? You don't want Roundup in your eggs? No, I don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's scary stuff though. I mean, um, well, I mean, just to me, the whole, like the whole monocrop agriculture is, is, Okay. Scary. There's a there's a guy named mm-hmm. Will Harris down in Bluffington, Georgia, owns White Oak Pastures. But he turned his um, I think I've talked about this before. But he turned his family farm. I mean, they've had it for generations. It's just an industrialized family farm. It took him 25 years to turn it into a fully uh, regenerative farm. So no insecticides, no pesticides, um, super rich topsoil. Um, they're rotating all these animals um, to different food and rotating their crops and everything else and um, using the animals to fertilize, you know, the, you know, they eat the grass, they recycle it and the feces and then they stomp on it, uh, you know, the hooves of the animals, they stomp on it and put it back in the earth. And it's actually like a whole carbon neutral ecosystem. Um, what What's he, he obviously sells that product? Yeah. Uh, so you can buy regenerative like bison burgers and, uh, beef and, and pork and things like that. But he's got like, even his chickens, they've, um, you know, they're all foraging in the forest with the, with the wild pit, with their pigs they have, they're all in the, you know, foraging in the forest as well. Um, it's, it's really cool. They brought, they've even like, there's eagles that are naturally coming back to the area that haven't been there for, for decades, you know, that are coming back just to that area because the ecosystem is so vibrant now wild i think it's get that name print again yeah i'm gonna gonna look that up i think they're selling in uh i think they they used to sell in whole in whole foods but they had some uh disagreement with whole foods i think whole foods is certain i don't know i don't want to 
I don't, I don't know any details about it, but I, I think they're selling in uh, Giant Eagle now. So it's a little bit more expensive, but it's, you know, they do it right. Yeah. So um, this is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Anyways, what were we talking about? Talking about fresh food. That's what we were talking about. (laughs) That's always what I'm always talking about fresh food. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we were talking about so we were talking about feeding, feeding real food and how important that is. Um, it's always good to have a vet that's kind of like, you know, promoting that. I think Karen Becker, Dr. Becker is like, you know, it's my, she gets sad that my peers are the last physicians on earth to recommend real food, um, which is a, a, always, I always talk about that statement because it's very interesting, you know, even doctors, yeah, you know, who, uh, you know, well, you, you and I talked about a, right a friend of mine who has metastatic breast cancer. She went to oncologists, and they were like, food doesn't do anything. Oh, yeah. You don't have to worry about yeah. food. You don't have to worry about food. And they're, yeah. and they're, and they're feeding them, you know, uh, high-processed sugars and stuff yeah. as yeah. they get their chemo. Here, just have these cookies. And yeah. Well, it's almost it's all crazy. you can get. If just you go, crazy. If you go to the hospital, it's all that's there. It's yeah. like in the, the food cafeteria is all just junk food. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, they make it very difficult to eat right there, but, um, yeah. So, what what other things? So at Lifetime, um, Lifetime Pet Wellness Center up here in where is it? Is it considered Worthington Lewis Center? Lewis Center. Yeah. So I mean, it's in Columbus for it's those cool. who aren't familiar, but yeah, yeah Columbus, uh, just north of two seventy here in the Outer Belt. Um, but you guys do some really cool stuff, and we talked about this last time. So obviously, you guys promote real food. Um, thank you for the freezer, by the way. It's still works great for us dr oh, carlson good. dr carlson gave good, me the good, good. freezer um because you guys used to sell raw food there too yeah um and so he gave so we use it as a steve's real food backup freezer right now is what we do which right. works fantastic um not easy to get out of there though it's hard to get out of the i don't know if you were there that day but i ended up having i was to, there when it came in yeah <laughs> well yeah we had to get i ended up having to get a u-haul truck and get it out um yeah and get a lift and everything it was it's a heavy piece of equipment anyways um so thank you for that i don't know if i ever said that you're welcome um 
But anyways, so what else? What else do you guys do there? You guys, you guys are doing some cool stuff. I think last podcast we talked about uh, glandular therapy with um, um, what's the name of the company? Um, we use a lot of standard process. Standard process. Um, yeah. 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 Less standard process. We do the Chinese herbs, mm-hmm. which that that side was very frustrating for a while because the past couple of years, a lot of them are on were on uh, back order. Oh, from really? the manufacturer, just can't get the ingredients. That's frustrating. That is have, because that stuff, uh, kind of like what we were talking about before, it takes a while. Like, you, and you, you got to be, I feel like you got to be consistent with it. And it takes, it doesn't work overnight, you know? Yeah. So, I can exactly. Imagine, exactly. Like, if you stop getting it, stop receiving it, what do you do, you know? Yeah. And you have to find a, you know, uh, a product that's similar that might do the same thing. But it, the, so we, we would get a lot of con herbs. Okay. And and um, they've they've just been Steve Marsden has kind of revamped them for pets. Yeah. So changed to he's a, he's a what is he he's an ND and a DVM. Okay. So uh, he changed the ratios and some of the some of the herbs so they worked a lot better. And then when they went on back order, you're like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but we do the you know the Chinese herbs. We do a lot of homeopathic. Products, not not a lot of classical homeopathy, but more yeah. the the combination products. Okay. Um, do uh, ozone therapy, which I'm I'm trying to expand more. Um, for those who aren't familiar with ozone therapy, like what what exactly do you use that for? I know a couple of reasons, but so ozone helps with the detoxification and antioxidant pathways. Okay. Basically, uh, but it, so there, there, you can use it for any chronic illness. You can use mm-hmm. it for cancer. You can use it for, oh gosh, there's so many different things. You Lyme disease, use. I know is the big one. Yeah. Lyme yeah. disease. Um, we had one cat, um, it had a retrovirus and I, it wasn't my patient, but I can't remember what this leukemia or FIV, but it had had several positive tests. And we did the ozone therapy on it, and mm-hmm. it went negative. Oh wow! Which is pretty neat. How um, often do you do that? Like, how often did the cat receive ozone therapy? Typically, we'll we'll start out. It it depends on the case, but it might be every one to two weeks. It, this this was the auto. So Are they we'll, we'll go into the methods of how yeah. it's given. So one is uh, um, one is topical. So you can you can bag what they call bag a limb or bag an injury, where you put a okay. plastic bag over and you run yeah. ozone to it. Okay. Um, one is the the rectal insufflation, so it's kind of like a gas enema of oh. ozone. Whoa. And then you've got um, you've got autohemotransfusion, which is where you draw out a little, little bit of blood. Okay. Treat it with ozone. It's uh, actually diluted in saline, mm-hmm. and it's also treated with ultraviolet light. Okay. And then that's given back in the vein. Oh. So that's that's um, how that cat was treated. Yeah. And that one's done a little less. The, the, if you do the rectal insufflation, that can be done. I mean, you could do that every day if you wanted. Yeah. Um, and that actually is, even though it's just given rectally, it does have pretty good systemic effects. Huh. So, yeah. Um, is there one that you put, like, uh, like to put the animal in a chamber? Is that? Am I thinking? There's different? hyperbaric. Yeah, yeah, that's hyperbaric. Okay. Which I don't know anyone around here that has 
hyperbaric. I feel like um, I know one who's that. got one for pediatric. I feel like Doctor Judy Morgan maybe uses the chamber. Uses that. She might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's always what I had pictured in my head. So. Yeah, and there's a, there's a group out in uh, what is it? Keto Pets, where they rescue oh, yeah. cancer in Austin, yeah. Texas. Yeah, pets with cancer, and they use that as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So yeah, so a lot of different uses, but it yeah. but ultimately it it has so many different effects in the body, but ultimately it's it's going down the antioxidant pathways, yeah. um, energy production pathways detoxification pathways so it's it's um and i've had it i don't know i don't use it necessarily by itself um but whenever i add that into cases that have you know the chronic illness or uh cancer yeah it just seems to really give us better remission it's like a good catalyst, or control yeah yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, so we have the ozone and then, um, gosh, of course, acupuncture. I don't know if I mentioned that, acupuncture, chiropractics. Um, and when and, uh, we cells. started, yeah, what, a yeah. uh, year and a half ago? Yeah. Doing stem cells and PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Uh, so with that, do you have to take samples at a younger age or does it matter? Like to do the stem cells? You can. Yeah. Yeah, So well, so when I... Is that Th- this will be a challenge because I've got I've got um, my little dog is about five pounds. Yeah, and uh, when I spay her, I'm gonna see, see yeah. if we have enough fat to. So we harvest the fat. Okay, and then that gets if it's if it's not going to be used that day, we harvest the fat. We send it down to the lab and they they mm-hmm. process it and they freeze it for life. Okay, um, so you can use it for other you know if something pops up. Yeah, down the road. Like what? Like you mean? Like what do you? Most, I have very limited knowledge on stem cells, so I don't know. What yeah, mostly what at. I've used it for is musculoskeletal stuff. Okay. So a lot of lot of knee issues, okay. uh, elbows. That makes sense. Okay. There are there are reports of using it for other things like chronic kidney failure, mm-hmm. um, allergies. You know, chronic really? chronic allergies. I've never done that. Yeah. I think uh, I I think. Uh, I would probably recommend ozone before I would recommend a $3,000 project for, yeah. you know, for stem cells yeah. for that. Right. Um, is that but, typically uh, the cost associated it's, with it? It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, the harvesting, if you're, so that's if we collect it, we process it at mm-hmm. the clinic mm-hmm. and then we use it that same day. Okay. Then it, it's, it's, it's a little higher. Yeah. But the cool thing is that it's number one, it's regenerative. Number two is that, you almost always have uh, other uh, stem cells that we process that we send down to the lab that they store for life. So you've okay. got multiple applications of stem cells from that one time you get it. Okay. And so it's not. So if you use it later on down the road, it's not this. It's not that same cost that's associated yeah. with it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And can you use it for like, uh, say, your dog has like a CCL tear or something like that? Mm-hmm. Is that is that common use or preventative? Very. Can you use it preventatively for that? Because usually the other one has like what a ninety-eight percent chance of doing the same. The. Well, I, well, I would say yes, yes to the both of those because yeah. we, if we have a dog that has, I, I think it works, really well for a dog that has a partial tear. Okay. Because we put the stem cells in there, 
and it goes to the injured area. Uh-huh. And then whatever, supposedly whatever, the stem cells that aren't used to repair the ligament or maybe the meniscus then combine with the, the, the tissue and the joint capsule. Mm-hmm. And then you have, by doing that, you get a long-term production of components that are anti-inflammatory in the joint. So, oh, okay. So stem cells can help, so they can help heal. Right. But then they create this anti-inflammatory process in there that can last a year or two years. Oh, wow. So, That's pretty neat. And then we almost always, if we, especially for knees, if, you, if you're treating uh, a dog that has one bad knee, you treat both knees. So you treat the bad knee and then you treat the good knee. Just for that's that's where the preventative comes in, right? Well, if you're not using so. stem cells, how how do you do? How do you treat it? The, how do you use preventative care on the other knee? Just through like nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, laser. Okay. Oh, you have can cold be used. laser cold therapy. Laser can be used. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you guys do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that? Sorry, I've never used cold laser therapy either. So it's just like a low light laser. Yeah. And yeah. how does that help the, what does that do inside of the joint? Different different wavelengths do different things. So you can have wavelengths to decrease swelling, that decrease pain, okay. that um, increase healing. Okay. And it, it depends on, the, it depends on the wavelengths and it depends on the time of treatment. Okay. So, and, uh, and most, uh, our laser and most of the new, our laser and most of the new, uh, newer generation lasers that come out have multiple wavelengths in them, and then you okay. you kind of plug in what you what you want it for. Oh, nice! And it'll automatically set the wavelengths. Okay. To what what you want? To what you want? Yeah. Okay. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality, human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at www.girlsgonerawpet.com. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Um, Do you ever use this stuff on yourself? Yeah. Do you? Probably all the time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Laser and pulse magnetic. That's the other one. I use pulse magnetic on my back a lot. For pain? Yeah, lower back. Yeah, I got lower back pain coming in. Um, Huh, interesting. Yeah, first time I did that, the lower back. So this was at uh, one of our chiropractic uh, continuing education uh, seminars mm-hmm. and they, they sell these, these bigger units and a lot of equine veterinarians will use them. Yeah. And the guy he says, yeah, come on over, try it out. He says, I said, why well, lower back issues will help. Oh yeah. And he had it turned very high. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, hold this on your back. For like a horse? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you'll make <laughs> yeah. horses bounce with that thing, you know? Yeah. So it, it, he turns it on, and it and it it was such a high pulse that it, it made me jump three feet. Oh, dang. And I was about, oh, I was so mad. Yeah. I was so Did mad. he do it on purpose, or was, I just forgot to turn it uh, down? I think he just forgot. <laughs> I, well, didn't, I didn't buy that unit. Someone, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Bex from, GG, from Girls Gone Raw, she was telling me that they do like, uh, what was she telling me? They do, uh, uh, not acupuncture, but. Um, Acupressure. No, for horses' uh, spine, like for their back. What, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Uh, not spinal manipulation, but like. Um, massage? Not Massage. Oh my gosh, deep I'm, tissue. I'm tough trouble with words right today. Um, no, like uh, not. I always want to say acupuncture, not acupuncture. It's like uh, like chiropractic work, right mm -hmm. on a horse. But I don't see how that's possible. I don't. I'm, I'm I, it's still something I think about after we've had this conversation. It's like been like three weeks since we've had this conversation. I think about it probably way more than I should. But like, how do you do? How can they do that on a horse? I don't, I don't get it. Me I think yeah. I asked her. I think I asked her. I was like, are they getting like a running start at this horse to like try to you know do chiropractic work on it? Like, I, how do there you? Are, there the machine, are a lot that of... machine makes more sense to me. The the uh, that cold laser therapy would makes more sense to me on a horse than than chiropractic work, unless they're well, using some big tools. That I don't you know. No, you don't. Need, there are some bad techniques out there. Yeah, and, and some that use things that you shouldn't use. Um, my training's all with hands. Yeah. So for for me, it just I don't do it because I don't have time. Yeah. Because the farm calls take a long time. Yeah. Um, but it it does work very well, and it, and you can. I had um, so I had a receptionist that worked there. Yeah. At the clinic, and she had a horse that was a um, a sulky. Mm -hmm. racer so yeah um and it got it had an accident got tied up in the cart and mm -hmm. couldn't get up and it was struggling for a very long time before they can get it up and the large animal vet came out and said well i think we could have a fractured pelvis we don't know Whoa. you can't do x-rays yeah easily you easily. can't do it in the field something sure. that with that big mass of of a body yeah you know? yeah so a couple of years, I think it was a couple of years had gone by and, and the horse was not right Yeah, in the rear. You know, you mm -hmm. could, the way it was gating and, and turning and uh, it just wasn't right. Yeah. And we adjusted it. Uh, I adjusted it about three times and uh, corrected it, mm -hmm. most of it. And wow. and she was able to write it. I, t I told her, don't write it. And, and, and Tested don't, it, huh? Don't, yeah, don't. Don't don't write it. And, yeah. and she comes back after the third time. She got to smirk on her face. She said, "You know what I did? <laughs> well, you didn't." So, so yeah, it can yourself. be done. Yeah, it can be done. And actually, okay. there's so one of the the guys who trained me had a picture of him adjusting an elephant. Whoa! At the zoo, it's one of the zoos up. I think it was maybe the Chicago Zoo, but had the elephant with, on its side, and he was with his hands. Oh, okay, with his hands. Yeah. An elephant was laying down on its side. Yeah. So even even huge animals can be adjusted. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. You do it for Mozzie every now and then, and he responds really well to it. Um, I mean, he still jumps 
incredibly high for the frisbee. I try not to do that, but he just—he's one of those dogs that likes to jump for it. Um, and he's twelve, so yeah. must be something to it. Yeah. Tough thing is they—they they, want to be dogs. I want to be yeah. a dog. Yeah. I know, and I still That's... like he—he he definitely sleeps more. You know, he's twelve. He's getting up there. We have a puppy now. Wears him out, but it's the fact that he still wants to do that is very reassuring to me. You know. Not as often and for not as long, but he still wants to do it and he still does it very well. Good. So, um, another thing I was going to bring up before we end this was DCM. We kind of talked about it last time, but there's, I wanted to bring it up because we still have so many customers who are told that they need to feed grains in their diet. Um, and there's, I don't know if you've kept up with a lot of this stuff, but there's so much that's happened with DCM since the last time you and I talked. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, on DCM and the whole uh, feed more grains uh, to deflect DCM? <laughs> I don't. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I, don't I don't know who either. comes up with these things. Yeah. Well, the, the I don't. I honestly, I have not. It seemed like right when that happened, there was a big flurry, mm-hmm. and I, I just, I don't have any patients right now that are. Actively yeah. being treated for it, so well, it seems like it have, it's died down. Whether they added, the, changed the amino acid profiles in the diets. Or, yeah. The interesting or thing what? was is that it's now come out that the numbers that they were proposing um, were higher numbers, and that's why the FDA was sounding the alarm on this. Were actually lower than they've been historically. Of DCM cases per cases. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um. And then it's also come to light that the the veterinarian that was uh, that was working for the for the FDA um, was also associated with I can't remember I think it was Mars or Purina or both um, getting funding through them for the studies and was um, seeking out dogs that were just getting she want, she only wanted studies of dogs getting uh, dying of DCM who were on grain free diets and didn't want the dogs dying of DCM that were on grain based diets. So that was another issue. And then... There's no conflict there. No conflict there. And then in December, uh, Hills, I believe it was Hills bought out... So all these grain-free companies, kibble companies, um, tanked, like massively tanked over the last two Mm -hmm. or three years, right? Because of this whole DCM thing. And so at their lowest, I think think it was Hills, um, bought out those companies. So they bought those companies, right, um, at their lowest point. And then two days later, the FDA came out and said, you know what, actually, and you can go to their website now, and I, I tell people this now, uh, if your vet's still saying that your dog needs grains to combat DCM, go to the FDA website. I think we put a link on, on one of our podcasts. Um, it takes you right to their page, and they say the we they say there is no conclusive evidence showing that grain-free diets. This is two days after Hills bought them. Mm. These grain-free companies. The FDA comes out and says there's actually no conclusive evidence that DCM and grain-free diets. Good are timing. Correlation. Yeah. It good. Good. Seems to be good. Really, odd timing for that. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they didn't. Yeah. They don't even care. I guess. But um. Yeah. No. It's no, just no in. I. I mean, I see that, and it's like a, a. I just have to think there's some insider stuff going on. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the end but, of the day too, like I, I just, you know, going back to the basics for me, I always like to look at like the uh, ancestral, ancestrally, like what would be, what would be going mm-hmm. on. And we look, we look at these dogs, we look at these cats 
And it's like, we know what they, we know what they should be eating, right? Like they have, when we talk about their dentition, like they have sharp pointy teeth. I would say bears even have flat molars. Dogs don't even have flat molars, right? And you know, they're, they're incredibly, um, you know, acidic pH and, and they're short intestines and they have claws and fur. Like if you've never seen a dog or a cat, like in, this is the first time you'd see one. You'd be like, okay, well, that thing's a carnivore. Like yeah. that thing's needs meat in its diet. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we just like keep wanting to ignore that fact. And I don't know. Um, I don't want to go too off the the rails here, but like you know, they, you know, we're 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 starting to feed these dogs these pretty much cereals at this point. You know, and it's just it's just not species appropriate. And then we we come across all these issues. You know, like we've yeah. talked about in the last podcast, we DCM and. Um, um, you know, cancer and, and kidney failure and um, allergies, all these things that, we, you know, we see, it's like, well, not that diet is going to fix all this stuff, but it plays, I would say, it gives the dog, the animal, um, a place where they can heal. Right? Yeah. Um, I just don't think that. Well, and you're, you're just, your better genes. So you have good genes and bad genes in your DNA. And, mm-hmm. and you know, eating eating the bad food is going to, somehow creates the activation of those bad genes. Those bad genes, yeah. So, I mean, right. that's a known fact. But, right. Which is why that blows my mind that oncologists would tell you, oh, food doesn't matter. But, um, yeah. where are we going with that? I don't know. I was just, I was just, we were talking yeah. about, we were talking about DCM and I was just like, you know, I yeah. just, we see all these problems that just keep popping up, right? Yeah. I mean, we know that the cancer rate's the highest it's ever been. Um, you know, kidney disease and um, liver failure, all, all these things are happening. It's like quite, I was just, like to go back to the basics of like, all right, let's let's at least start with what we should be feeding our dogs and cats, yeah. being obligate and, and and facultative carnivores, right? So, um, I don't know. That was my point. Yeah, and that, that FDA study from the day one was terrible. So yeah, there's a lot of vets I, too I, that were speaking out against it from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, um, and I I just I agree with you. I don't I just don't think that you can when when they. I think there was mention about raw foods somewhere. I don't know if it, it was got, in that study, but they tried saying that raw foods were not the answer either, which is kind of baloney. Yeah, because because you get a better amino acid, better availability of the amino acids. Better availability, yeah. Whether it's whether it's the especially uh, for the heart, like when you're talking about glandular therapy and, and like heals like, well, this is a heart condition and, and yeah. raw diets have heart muscle in it, you know, so, yeah. um, in a fresh form, you know, so, and again, Ed Torine was kind of to blame for a while. Um, I don't know what, what it is now, how they look at it, but you know, Torine was like, oh, this, these diets are lacking Torine mm-hmm. or there's thylates in the grain free kibble that is, um, inhibiting the absorption of taurine and certain amino acids like methionine and cysteine and some other things. So, um, but taurine again, you can only get from from meat, organ meat, dairy, and seafood. So you're not getting that from grains, right? Um, yeah. So that's why it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, never has. But I just I wanted to bring it up because we still have a lot of customers. Like, still customers come in and um, their vets are telling them they find out that they're feeding raw and they say, okay, but if you're going to do that, then you need to add some grains into it because of the, the DCM thing. And so there seems to me like there's either a misunderstanding of nutrition. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Or if they're trying to get them to 
So I, I think they're just they're freedom. still just know. looking at that study, saying, okay, these nine grain, the, the legumes, and all those are are the issue. I mean, that, so so they're just trying to get them to not yeah. feed as many legumes, but yeah, they're they're still missing the boat as far as looking at real whole food unprocessed. Yeah, yeah what that person's feeding compared products. to what? Yeah, right. yeah, because yeah, yeah. So to me, it's not. It's a. It's a. I don't know. It's a, it's a. What's a word I'm thinking of? It's like a non non entity. It's a non entity. Yeah. Of, of, it should be with raw food. Right. Right. So. Um, did you wanna? Did you wanna talk about the new uh, the updates at Lifetime? As far as the new vet you have, the new veterinarian you guys have, or did you wanna wait to introduce them? Um. Well, we have a new doctor. Um, her name. I think it's kind of a cool story, so it's worth we can we can always bring her on the podcast. Yeah, but I Dr. thought it was cool to introduce her at least. Yeah, Doctor Tribuzo. Yes, uh, Doctor Tribuzo. She worked for us as an assistant for several years, and then got into vet school, mm-hmm. and now is graduated, and now she's our new doctor. Yeah, um, it's just such a good sign. I think it's a good sign of like a healthy, uh, fun. Um, just veterinary practice. Like you We're trying. Run a, we, running a good business because, you our, know, if someone's working there goal. as a, you know, a tech and then they want to go, it inspires them to want to stay in that industry and exceed and become a veterinarian themselves and then come back and work at that clinic. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a healthy sign. Yeah. You know, it's really neat. Yeah. And we She's can, great and, too, and I met her. we can, uh, we can talk more later. Yeah. And then uh, we're also going to talk about stem cells later too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, again, I don't have much, I don't have a deep understanding of stem cells. So I, I, I want to learn more from that. So, um, about to have you back on, talk about stem cells. Cool. Yeah. Did and I miss anything? Is there anything else? Any other updates or anything that I missed? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. How, okay. So how do, uh, I know people travel pretty far to see you, um, really far, like, not even upstate Michigan. What do you call it? What's the thing that comes out over in Michigan? Oh, the UP? <laughs> yeah, the UP. Yeah. yeah, there's people that come down from there. So um, anyways, people come from all over to see you. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're somewhat close to Ohio, um, they can find you on Instagram, Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Um, yeah. Obviously website too. Website. Yeah. All the usual. Facebook. Yeah. Just Google it. Dr. Carlson. Of course, there are. There is another Dr. Carlson, isn't there? We talked about there, this last time. There is. And he's also holistic <laughs> and, and promotes in real Indiana. food. Yeah, yep. he's in Indiana. Yeah, so don't get him confused. I mean, I'm sure he's yep. a great vet, but um, yeah, so this is in uh, Columbus, Ohio. So, And he's got blonde hair and glasses, just like me. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> that's wild. It is weird. Like maybe you guys are related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, anyways, thanks uh, thanks again for coming on, and we're going to have you back soon, so I look forward to that one too. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. 
Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.